This week's episode of the Fat Packs Podcast is brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and all our phone guests appear on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. I am Eric, he is Eldar, this is the Fat Packs Podcast, and it's brought to you this week by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and Sparty Hot Cash on the Sparty Hot Cash Hotline, but this week we have no phone guests, this is all live and in person. What's up, Eldar? Welcome to the Thunderdome. Welcome to the Thunderdome. Yeah, brother. What's up, man? I'm doing well. Uh, Did you just do Macho Man Randy Savage? Yeah, brother. That's a little weird. That's pretty good, though, right? It's, uh, you know, you see, uh, well, uh... You know, you have a a deeper voice than I do, but I still think my impression is better. What's going on, Mr. Norton? I'm I'm doing well, man. It's, It's Thanksgiving Eve. I'm freezing in here. It's a little cold. It feels good to me now, though. I was I was I was uh, frosty when I got just down like here. not wear a jacket. No, bro. Okay. No, I, I'm what? I'm fat. There's a reason the show is called Fat Packs. Oh, okay. It's not because I'm skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I like okay, okay, okay. I got so you, I got uh, yeah, I I didn't wear a jacket. I'm 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 good. I'm I'm nice and uh, tur- tur- I'm good tur- now. Turkey Eve. Is it upon is Turkey us. Eve is on us is upon us, but. Uh, before we get into the turkey, we're going to power rank something. We're going to power rank our top five Thanksgiving dishes. Okay. Okay, we'll do that in Beckett Whatevs. Yeah. Uh, but first, we got to do got uh, new products and new releases. All right? Yeah. So you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Sure. I'm sorry, new products and new pricing. I said new releases. Uh, let's go ahead and just break this down. Uh, this this week is kind of light because it's Thanksgiving real. Yeah. But you, know, you got a few things. Uh, 2018, The X-Files Season 10 and 11. Okay, yeah, that's coming out. I used to watch. Used to watch that show. Uh, 2018 Stranger Things hobby boxes. I don't know. Now, how do you feel about the show Stranger Things? Uh, season one was phenomenal. Season two was like uh, a little bit uh, long in the tooth. Okay. Yeah. It was a slow burn. It was a little bit of a slow burn at the end. She like never mind. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I really like season one. I like the 80s aesthetic. Sure, and of course you the do. The new act, right? You know, the new actors right. and actresses that Netflix. To us, mm-hmm. what is what is this? This isn't the first time I've seen like a Stranger Things collect. What is it like a? Well, this is a card set. Okay, it's, so it's trading. This is from, this is from Tops. Oh, okay. You can see it. It's the retail version's out right now, but okay. this is the hobby box. Do so they do like foils and stuff? Uh, more have, autographs have and patches done, and kind of stuff. Have you done like an unboxing of the Stranger Things? Not yet. We haven't got it yet. Oh, we, if you when, do, when we know. do, that'd be cool. We'll make that happen. Yeah. All right. And then November 26th, you're going to find, which is Monday, but you're going to find 2018 Rookies and Stars football is going to be out as well. Also, next week coming out is uh, The Walking Dead, Hunters and Hunted. I like that. And uh, Black Diamond Hockey from Upper Deck. So. Do you do you keep in touch with uh, Walking Dead? You know, I tapped out on it. Um, Same. I feel like a lot of people did. Right after The Governor is whenever I was like, I don't have that's when the bandwidth. The Governor was when it was at its I was, best. I think um, so. But... Uh, yeah, I tapped out on it. I hear that the writing this season is really good. Yeah, uh, it was Rick's last episode. That's not a spoiler. That's yeah, how it's, it's advertised. It, but it, see, and it, it's it's his last episode, but they didn't kill him off. Right. That's not a spoiler either. And, so. they, and then they announced three Walking Dead movies. Exactly. So uh, that's that. New new pricing wise, we have uh, Hot Signature Rookies. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not what it is. Oh no, <laughs> it's Hoops Hoops Basketball is uh, priced for you, and then. Ooh, what is this nice shiny one? I I don't know what that is just by looking at it. Uh, Panini stickers, the Panini stickers basketball okay. uh, is, is priced for you, and also Upper Deck Series One. With that being said, there are some sets missing from Series One, Series One that are not priced because the retail version that came out this week. Okay. So when when those 
there's some pricing coming in on those. I'll get those sets done for you. But you also did a uh, mm-hmm. unboxing, I think, this week with some Marvel. Was it Marvel Knights? Marvel Marvel Heroes? masterpieces. Marvel masterpieces. It was a lot I of saw fun. That. I, I pulled cool. a, like three hundred dollars worth of Wolverine cards out of that box. That was pretty cool. It was ridiculous. Speaking of Marvel, speaking of comics, what do you got, buddy? Uh, I got uh, the top five comics of the week for you guys. It's okay. a, it's another great week to be a geek. I got Batman fifty nine. Um, continuing the Penguin story from. I think the last three issues, you okay. get that for three ninety nine. Um, some uh, Star Wars number fifty seven. It's a Han Solo story. I got a Nightwing number fifty three. Um, fun fact about this one: they're advertising it as Nightwing was shot in the head, and he was. So definitely check out number fifty three, Nightwing, to see how he survives that. It's actually pretty phenomenal. Justice League number twelve. Um, basically, just continuing the uh, Aquaman Atlantis Doomsday story. And Aquaman number 42. I think DC is kind of ramping up the whole Aquaman thing because we have the sure. Aquaman movie coming out December 12th, if okay. I'm mistaken. Um, I'm personally not super excited for it. I don't. It doesn't look super great. Jason Momoa is better as a like a sidekick. No, I don't want to say that, but like it's, a. I don't. I just don't follow him as a leading man. I just don't. I don't either. He, not in this role either. Yeah, I mean, like when I in Justice League, he wasn't great as. Sure. Aquaman. He just mm-hmm. had like a few lines and he was kind of, I don't know, it just didn't really fit the aesthetic of the character. Sure. I don't know why. Sure. He was just a little bit too like boyish. A little bit. So um, also just one more um, that I wanted to tell you guys. The Immortal Hulk, um, number nine is just a really interesting read. Um, there's a new Hulk basically and uh, it's just a continuation of the Red Hulk saga that okay. has always been very popular. Um, maybe yeah. like 10, 20 years now. Um so definitely check that out. That's Immortal Hulk number 9399. Awesome. That's what I got. Awesome. All right, let's set up the show. We have uh, three interviews for you. Yeah. Well, uh, first is an interview that Chris Meany and I did uh, with Dave Schultz, a uh, very well-known hockey brawler. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great it's a great uh, Brawler. Little, yeah, he, he was a fighter, man. Okay. He, he was a flat-out fighter. Oh, wow. Uh, got him. And then we have my interview that I did with Andre Dawson, and he – Looked like he could still get up and hit twenty five home runs without a problem. Really? Yeah. He, nice. Like, it was it was amazing. Awesome. And then we're gonna end the interview segments with uh, my the twofer, the twofer, twofer. Uh, Chris Harris and uh, David David Wright, my two favorite guys on the show. Uh, we get we we talk collecting, we talk wrestling. All this was done from the Fall Expo, and this will wrap up our Fall Expo uh, interviews. But um, David and Chris are. are the hobby knows who they are. It's it's great sure. fun to have them on. So uh, we wrapped up with the hottest young t- uh, tag team in the business. And then four talents uh, coming at you. Four cool. t- and then uh, we'll you and I will come back on the other end of that with a little Beckett Beckett whatever. We're going to power rank our top five Thanksgiving dishes. If you say cranberry sauce, I'm kicking you off the show. You know, actually, no. Okay. Good. Yeah. Now you can stay on the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for the uh, oh man, that was a nice little uh, lunch they had for a series. Uh, it was yesterday, today. yeah. We'll, 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 we'll run that down. Yeah. All right, guys, hang tight, and we'll be right back with Dave Schultz. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chris from Slipknot. You're listening to Fat Pat. All right, guys, we're just getting uh, set up here. My name's Chris Meany. Of course, we all know who this is. Dave Schultz. Let's give him a round of applause. The Hammer. Good morning, everyone. How's it going? Everything's fine. Everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah. You're not, you're not gonna try to fight us, are you? Maybe. No. Depends on. No. 
<laughs> if you see any more of those Canadian jerseys, perhaps. You know, I don't know if you um, caught yesterday what Rick Middleton said and uh, his version of the fight. He said, you wrapped him up in the corner, give him an uppercut here, an uppercut there. And uh, I don't know if that's correct. you want to tell your version of the story? I don't remember. <laughs> That's pretty was, accurate to what he said, too. <laughs> he didn't remember. He anything. didn't remember either. <laughs> I don't even remember. We actually had a fight? Apparently, yeah. We had one Bruins fan who came up here yesterday and asked him a question. He said he fought six times and once against you. And he asked him, well, like, what were you thinking? Trying to fight him. I'm just surprised I, I must have chased him down and finally caught him. Because <laughs> he was pretty fast. Um, Indeed. But, I mean, I would never, that was never, would never be my intent to fight a Rick Middleton. I mean, he wouldn't have done anything to deserve it. <laughs> not that he couldn't handle himself, but, you know, anyway, so I don't remember. Let's let's talk about that, of course. Um, you know, you're known for a, a lot of heavyweight fights in, in your day, and I just want to talk about the role now in the NHL before we talk about, you know, when you play, but the enforcer role is diminishing. It, it really is, and, and do you... Like how it's do you? Gone. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, say it's diminishing, but you're right. It's gone. We're not seeing it anymore. Why do you think that is? Well, uh, there's a couple of reasons I wouldn't guess. You might want to ask the National Hockey League and, and uh, uh, why they don't want fighting in the game. And, and and to be honest with you, there was a purpose for it um, back in the day for a number of uh, decades. But it slowly started to diminish. Again, before it diminished, the guys kept getting bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, they could. Uh, I once said to, uh, I forget the guy's name, uh, big guy from Montreal, I said, You're going to kill somebody. Yeah, you're going to kill somebody one time. Mm. And because uh, you get hit, you know, again, you don't maybe have the leverage on skates, but. Um, you know, they, they didn't, the, the NHL did not want that, number one. And number two, the, uh, I guess the, the players made that decision. Like, I remember listening to, a, 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 like, a Wayne Gretzky, and he wanted the instigator rule. And he said, no, I, I want to be protected. And Crosby goes, yeah, I don't care if I get protected. You know, what I'm saying? Well, no, the, 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 the league took over the rules and the suspensions and uh, I mean not now instead of fighting they they let guys that was crazy so and what's your yeah what's your thoughts about that what I wasn't going to bring someone, that up what, is, what would happen if someone licked somebody on, on that bullies team what, what would have happened you guys just would have killed him right well I would think what's going to happen now that every time he goes by the bench they're going to make some snide remark right uh, but but in your opinion, that kind of stuff that happens, is that why? Because there's no fighting, because the instigator, that's, that's what it is. And do you think that it gets wow. to a point where the NHL actually bans fighting altogether? Or will that just be, a, it'll just come to a... They have a, well, there's no fighting now anyway, is there? The odd time is a little skirmish. Uh, again, playoffs now, I'm, I'm, if I'm just thinking during the playoffs, uh, that, that's, you know, that's definitely not gonna happen a whole lot, uh, if at all. In fact, one of the commentators made a remark by this time in the series that had been 50 fights and now there's only 
in the playoffs, I guess it, now there's only about eight. Mm. So that, you know, um, I mean, the key is is uh, I don't know, get better penalty killing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. and then take penalties. But you know, uh, it, it's it takes away. I'm going to say it takes away from the the. the the sport. I mean, the the entertainment value, I suppose. Sure. Uh, but uh, it's just the game's changed. It's, it's gone. So back in your day when you played, did you know like before the game started or the period, the second period started, the third period started? Hey, across the way, you and I are going to go, and no. it's going to happen. No. Well, I mean, did I in my mind think that could happen when we're playing the Bruins? Am I going to fight O'Reilly? Yeah, probably. <laughs> if there was, you know, there was times when I've seen video, and I was going to fight this other guy. I, I think I could have beat him easily. <laughs> and and all you could see is O'Reilly going in and out and, and ending up right in front of me and dropping his gloves. So he knew, like he wa- he probably he wanted well, he, to fight he was, you. He was there, for, you know, he was there for the guy. If, if somebody was going to fight. On the Bruins, it was going to be him. Right. Uh, so you, you respect that. Um, you know, again, he had a great career. I fought him eight times, by the way. Usually, you fight a guy a couple of times. Um, you know, say you're sorry <laughs> or hurting his feelings. Um, but um, anyway, um, who's the toughest guy that you fought? Well, I, again, I, I say I always say Terry O'Reilly only because I fought him so many eight times. times. Eight times. Now, not that I just saw a picture of Gillies. Uh, he was nothing. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I got to know a lot of these guys, and they're, they're great guys. We we, we played with some alumni games uh, since since getting out of the game, um, and. Um, but again, I say O'Reilly because I fought him many times. But yeah, was Clark Gillies as tough as they come? Yes. Who gave you the nickname The Hammer? A reporter. Uh, it was early in my career with Flyers, and, and uh, I forget who I, who I really beat up. <laughs> but the reporter wrote, Schultz uh, sure hammered him. Uh, and then they ran with it. And and they, they ran with it. Well, yeah. one thing you used to do, you used to tape your wrists up like a boxer. And oh, then, not my wrists, no. What I would do is uh, I'd wait till warm-up was over so I could, you know. So <laughs> off for the, yeah. for the fans, the, the stick handles? But I would, I would put some, let's call stick'em or something, sticky stuff. Right. I'd spray my, my right hand right around here, and then I would wrap it with white tape. And it was just to protect it. If I ever did hit anybody, um, it, it wouldn't hurt. You know, I wouldn't. So. But then they wouldn't let you do that anymore. They thought, well, when I. It's like the Schultz rule, right? They, that that happened in uh, Montreal uh, when John Van Boxer. The Montreal always brought a, a one or two guys up when, when yeah. the Flyers came to town, and they brought up John Van Boxer, who who never fought, um, and. Uh, he obviously hadn't been looking at the stats uh, coming up from the, I think he was in Nova Scotia at the time. And uh, anyway, he, he, it was just simple. I mean, it wasn't his, uh, it wasn't like he did anything. He stuck the stick between my legs and I just, I just took my glove, I just nailed him. And uh, you know, he laid down for a little while and um, 
That's what, it was after that that the National Hockey brought the rule in. If you have a foreign substance on your hand uh, and you hurt someone, it's an automatic game misconduct. How did you feel about that rule, though? Because you were, like you said, you were just protecting yourself. Well, I was just, you know, it, it wasn't a bad rule. I mean, uh, just because I put some tape on it um, to kind of protect, you know, it did hurt my stick handle. You've probably noticed that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, the Schultz rule, I guess, right? Then they brought, well, no, it wasn't, people say, you know, well, how many times did I ever get suspended? And, and um, they, when Gary Howard came in the league, he was, he'd, he'd pull your hair. He'd grab you from behind. We have, you know, most of us had little extra length to our hair. We, we see the, we see the nice yeah. suit. Yeah. And, and he, he, and I didn't know it. And he grabbed the back of my head by the hair and, and held me down. I mean, I couldn't, I have to hardly breathe. So he kind of hung the licking on me. And that's when they, then they brought the rule. And he did that to some other players too. And they, they brought the rule in. If you pull a, a, an opponent's hair, you get an automatic uh, three game suspension. Um, and uh, maybe that was headbutting. Uh, I only got suspended once, okay? And that, and that was for headbutting. Headbutting. So, yeah, that was what it was. But he, anyway, Howard brought in the, pulling the hair. I didn't do that anyway. But uh, we're playing in Boston, and uh, O'Reilly, he grabbed me down, you know, on my wrists. I couldn't swing. What do you do? <laughs> headbutt him. Um, not liquor. Not liquor. No, yeah, no, 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 no. So I headbutted him and I got a three game suspension for that. That was it. That was the only time. Wow. So you got a couple of rings on there. Do you have a favorite moment in Philadelphia? Like something that really sticks out to you? Winning the cup. Was, the cup? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had, we had a lot of big games as, as an expansion team in 67. And then, you know, we won the cup in 74. Um, so there was a lot of firsts for us as a franchise. And, um, but, but winning the Stanley Cup, beating the Bruins, um, was pretty special. I mean, it, it's been a great ride for all of us guys who, who were on those teams uh, yes, ever since. Um, then winning it twice, then losing the, to Montreal in the finals the third year. We certainly got a lot of exposure. Sure. Yeah. Treated, you know, they still, I mean, people still remember you. And if, if you're a small kid, five or six years old, you, you've seen the videos. You know, so uh, we're very well known in the Philadelphia area, just like, you know, they are in Boston and a few other places. Is Montreal. <laughs> getting lots of shout outs today. Is there a moment in any of those runs though, like one that just you think back now and it just stands out, like maybe a certain game, maybe it was a fight, maybe it was a hit, maybe it was a shot on goal. Is there something that shot on goal? No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anything that just kind of still to this day sticks with you. Well, a lot of times people re remind me about the Dale Rolf fight in, in, in game seven in the semifinals. Um, you know, which I felt pretty bad about. I mean, he wasn't a fighter. Uh, they say that changed the game. And, uh, you know, it was game seven. I mean, right. Who was going to take the third man in 
you know, in, in game seven. Um, again, it wasn't the semifinals, but um, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of them. You know, I, I scored a couple hat tricks. I remember, I remember those. Um, but, but winning the cup it was, it was, it was, it was great. And uh, I don't know what it was. So you play the spectrum. Can you? So the spectrum was tore down in what 2009? Is that right? It was it was a few years after uh, the Flyers stopped playing there. Right. So can you tell us what it was like playing in that building? Because it's it's historic in Philadelphia. It was known as the House of Rockville. But can you tell us what it was like playing there? It was a great place to play. I mean, again, the the game is. The, the buildings have changed. I mean, the glass goes up to, I don't know, 50 feet in the air. Uh, I mean, nobody can reach over. You, you couldn't hear, you can't hear fans now. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it was it was a great place for us to play. Again, we, you know, I was there for the four years and we won so many games. We had a great team. Um, you know, and for the fans, I would imagine, they, they, uh, they had great, Great memories of yeah. uh, all those games. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody's going to be able to see this picture, and I showed Dave before he came on. It's a it's a photograph. You have a flower just on your face, under your nose, and the headline is "This is Dave Schultz. He loves you not." Take us through that moment. <laughs> you didn't want to do that, did you? No. Let's see here. That 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 destroyed my reputation. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, you know, back in those days, the, there was different. Um, coverage from different magazines and the media and a lot of times they make you do you know why did I do that I don't know that's what they told me to do so I did <laughs> want to open up to some questions Does anybody have a question for you yeah come on up to the mic yeah come on up to the mic yes we can hear you uh, Johnny O from number one one of my favorite games is the game uh, Russia and Philadelphia. Um, when they walk off the edge. Uh, what was your most memorable part of that entire series? And two, how was it playing under Freddie Shields? Well, it was just the one game that we played, the Red Army. Okay. And, and they they uh, they beat they played four games, uh, and they beat I don't know Buffalo and New York and tied Montreal. Tied Montreal. Mm -hmm. uh, there we go, Montreal again. Uh, it, they said it was one of the greatest games they'd ever seen. Um, well, when the, then they had to come to the city of brotherly love, and uh, it, it was—I mean, it was a big game. It was being watched all over the world, uh, and, and uh, you know, we went on to beat them four to one. We Fred, Fred Shearer was a phenomenal coach. He—he he was very quiet in a way a lot of times if I knew what he, what he was thinking about my play or whatever I'd read the newspapers he dropped hints to the media you know like if I scored some goals he'd say uh, I think I need a new tough guy because Schultz thinks he's a goal scorer <laughs> well I, uh, I went back to my ways um, but um, he was uh, he, he knew his leaders and I think any great coach knows um, in their dressing room they have four, five, six, seven leaders and you rely on those guys for everything, for even making decisions, travel or whatever uh, and uh, 
he knew that he treated us well. Uh, he wasn't the type of coach that would, I had a number of those, particularly the minors, um, that yelled at you all the time, demeaned you, tried to make you, you know, say, I'll show you. Um, he never did that. And so that's why he was, uh, and he knew who our leaders were, Clarky number one, but there was a number of other guys too, like Gavanian and Joe Watson and Barry Ashby and a few guys, so uh, Dornhofer. Um, but anyway, the, going back to the, the 76, that, that one game, um, it was interesting. We, uh, they had obviously heard about us. Uh, we just won two Stanley Cups. So uh, we, had a, we had a luncheon in what they called the, uh, right down below in the spectrum. Uh, and they were over on one side and we were on the other. And uh, kind of looking at each other. Um, anyway, we, we, we taught them a lesson. <laughs> well said, you know. I mean, they, it, it was the hit on Carmela by Ed Van Imp that sent them to the dressing room. And, uh, you know, to me, they, the main reason they, they skated off the ice because they, they had to go change their underwear. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, they were a great team. They could skate. But we figured, French Hero says, you know what? Because they would circle and pass the puck around, and all of a sudden you'd get sucked in over here, and, and they'd have a break. And, and Fred, Fred said, um, just stand on the blue line. Don't go. Don't chase them. And, and when they tried to cross the blue line, hit them. Nice. That's it. it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just like Fred Shero, and again, when we beat the Bruins um, in 74, he said, um, Give the puck to Bobby Orr. He's going to get it anyway. Now we know who has it. Okay, he's going to, and, and uh, by the time that series was over, Orr was pretty tired. Because he had the puck a lot, which he would have anyway, I guess. But uh, So anyway, that was, that was Freddie's way of uh, combating Bobby Orr. You mentioned Clark. Is there a story, something that you can share with the people? Maybe a takeaway from him? Maybe a, some advice? Bob Clark? Yeah. He led by example. Didn't say much, okay? Um, he, again, I don't know if there's, I don't think there's ever been a better leader, captain. There's been some that are, to me, equal, maybe, uh, in, even in other sports, but he was the best. This is an example of how hard he worked. That's all he knew was to work hard. That's the way he grew up in Flint Lawn, Manitoba. Uh, and uh, if you were up six to one, or down 6-1 with two minutes to go in the game and they iced the puck, he'd skate just as hard. It just didn't matter. That's how he played. And um, he was a great leader and, and uh, a great player. We wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have won no cups without him. Is there another question? Anybody else want to come up to the mic? Yeah, come on up. Dave, can you tell us a little bit of the series against the Leafs back in the 70s when they had Tiger Williams and Papu Ted and all these other suspects? They were nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that was when McMurtry, um, somebody fought Salming and they arrested him, right? They arrested a couple guys, some guys got him. I, I was not involved, by the way, but... Um, some of that, 
my memory sometimes, we, we played them in two series, didn't we? And the second one is when they were, they came back and almost won the series. Yeah. Um, they had a pretty good team. Tiger, Tiger uh, said he's never lost a fight. <laughs> You're not buying that. He was, a, a Tiger had a phenomenal career. What, 14, 15 years in the National Hockey League, uh, played at the top. Uh, I mean, you know, he's, he's not near as good looking as when he came in the league. His nose is kind of all over his face, but uh, I shouldn't be so harsh on him. No, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, I've got to know Tiger. I've been many, many different charity events and stuff. He's a, he's a great guy. And, uh, but they had, you know, I mean, Sittler and, and Lanny McDonald and, and then Solomon. I mean, these guys made a difference for the for the Leafs. I all I remember, well, I remember when I was in grade three, four, and five, we'd go down to the hardware store in Waldheim, Saskatchewan, to watch Hockey Night in Canada. And uh, Toronto was my team. I had a, my brother; he was a year older than me, and he was a Montreal fan. Um, and uh, so now I'm watching, and I'm going. Wouldn't it be great if the Leafs could win another Stanley Cup? It would be great. Great for the game, great for certainly the fans, you know, all across the country that are, are Toronto Maple Leaf fans. But uh, so anyway, those were testy times, that, particularly that one where, where uh, what was it, McMurtry? Uh, yeah, that was, not, that was not a pleasant, you know. Having our guy to be in court in the morning of the game, people spitting at him and yelling at him. And anyway, so I think we got time for one more. If somebody wants to come up, yeah, come on. There was a lot of guys that, you know, and again, the game was so much, so much different back then. Um, and the, the guys kept getting bigger. I was 6'1", almost 200 pounds. I wasn't a big, big guy, but there wasn't too many guys any bigger than, I mean, bigger than me. Um, oh yeah, that's Larry Robinson once picked on me. <laughs> um, anyway, um, but there was a lot of, really tough guys. And again, I, I, a lot of times I, I say, who's the toughest guy? I say Terry O'Reilly because I fought him eight times. Uh, but there was a ton of guys. Uh, and, and, and the way I, again, we were a good hockey club. We won a lot in the, in the days I was with the Flyers. And we didn't take any crap from anybody. And I usually fought on the road. Because usually in, when teams come into our building, they don't have to. They don't have to. You, know, you, you run a guy. You don't. He doesn't have to respond. But uh, on the road, I get a lot of times. Players, there's one. Players are going. Well, here comes the Flyers. Uh, we're going to have to fight tonight. I go in the corner, making one of my fine moves, and all of a sudden, the guy drops his gloves, thinking that I was going to drop my gloves. So a lot of times, they started it. That's my point. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, they're giving us the wrap it up sign. All so right, yeah. Wrap it up. You guys are gonna open the boxes? Yeah, anyway, thanks for thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Enjoy. Enjoy when the Leafs win a Stanley Cup soon. Hi guys, my name is Mike Rubin. I own Colorado's best card shop, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, and you are listening to Beckett Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Andre Dawson. This love. Hello, sir. How are you? You can take a seat or you can stand up either way. I'm uh, too old to be standing. Too old to be standing. How are you doing, sir? Real well, thank you. Really well, awesome. So, 2010 Hall of Fame. Rookie of the Year, MVP. Does any of that mean anything real special? Do you, have, do you hold one of those real special to you over the other, or they're all great accomplishments? Well, I won't say I hold anything over the other. What I hold true to me is longevity. Long, yes. Being able to play the game that I grew up and grew to love. Sure. And to play it at that level, and to play it for as long as I did. Yes, sir. So it was a childhood dream come true, and I got paid to do it. You got paid to do it. You're from Miami. Is there a lot of kids growing up when you were dreaming of playing golf in Miami, playing baseball? Because I, I think of Miami as a football town. No, not, not really. Well, football town from a professional standpoint. Okay. But, you know, as kids growing up, we had all those sports. Okay. And I played football. That's actually how I got hurt in high school. But baseball always was number one, my favorite sport. But you look at you know the game and uh, the flux of the game today in, in Miami. Uh, baseball and football is like one and two. Okay, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's a, a lot of great athletes coming out of Miami, Miami-Dade County. It's a uh, it's a uh, got a rich lineage of guys just like yourself making it to the NFL and baseball and, and Major League Baseball. So, uh, rookie of the year, let's talk about your rookie season. What was it like hitting the team, getting up there for the first time? Do you remember your first at bat? Well, my first at bat came uh, before my rookie year. I, I was called up in September. Okay. And uh, I met the team in Pittsburgh. John Candelari was, was on the mound. I think I went 0 for 2 in the game, and right afterwards we were leaving, going to Philadelphia. Okay. And Steve Carlton was the first pitcher. So, my very first at bat, I got a line going out single to center field. So, I got my first hit in my third at bat. And that was kind of the way the, um, the, the the first month of my career went, I go one for four. I think I, I finished the month hitting 250. Okay. And then my rookie season, I was given the opportunity uh, to win the center field starting position. I was, I was platooning with Dale Anson. And I started off very slow, being platooned, and I was almost on the verge of being sent back down uh, to uh, be given a little, not more seasoning, but the opportunity to play every day. I wasn't playing every day at the major league level. But uh, a little over a month into the season, we were in Atlanta. And I got the opportunity to finally start against a right-handed pitcher. And I, I got a couple hits, 
I know I hit a home run. I hit my first uh, major league home run, a buzz cap. And then the next day I got a couple of hits and I sort of talk of being sent down uh, kind of similar to a degree. I was, I was playing every day and I went on ahead to put together uh, uh, Rookie of the Year performance that ultimately uh, was, was given the award. Yeah. And then you, you, during your MVP season, you led the league in home runs, is that correct? 49 Four, Chicago. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 a lot of power coming from the you know from the center field position back then. I, I would think. Um, what was that like going out there, knowing that you were dominating the plate like that every day? Well, actually, I had moved from center to right. To right. Uh, by that time, by the time I was in Chicago, and I just I felt so rejuvenated. You know, playing on the natural playing surface, it was a new start for me. And for the first time in my career, I didn't really set any goals. I just said, I'm going to enjoy the game, have as much fun as I can. And I dedicated, I lost my grandmother earlier in the year. I dedicated that season uh, to her. And every day, when I, when I got to spring training in Arizona with the club, the fans embraced me right away. So I didn't really feel my, my way around. I was a 10-year veteran. I felt a sense of belonging right away. And it was an easy transition. Okay. I, I started off a little bit slow, playing in Wrigley Field in the day in the cold weather. It, it felt like it was colder than it was here <laughs> in, in Montreal. But uh, I hit a grand slam on Todd Warrell in St. Louis. And that kind of got me going. And it just seemed like something uh, spectacular was happening on a daily basis. It, it sure did. Now, I see a couple of Expos hats fluttered out there. Can you share one of your favorite memories about playing in Montreal? Well, I think there, there are a number of okay. things that kind of jump out. But I think right at the top of the list uh, would be playing in the playoffs. Uh, you know, we had young teams, we had exciting teams. Maybe a marquee player away from uh, attaining that ultimate goal. But uh, we, would, we would battle teams like the Pirates who beat us out, Phillies who beat us out, Dodgers who beat us out, uh, right to the very end. Uh, but uh, we always came up short. Uh, but I, I attest the success that we had to how you know a lot of us came up through the minor league system. Uh, we complemented each other real well. Sure. Then there was the Ozzy All-Star game. Uh, you know, the first such across the border, uh, and being able to start that game in front of my own hometown fans. Uh, I think there was six of us that made the team, and uh, it was it was thrilling and exciting. That's and very special. very enjoyable. Yeah. Now we're we're at a collectible show, and you know there's there's hockey cards all out on this floor, and baseball scattered out too. But I want to know, did you did you collect anything from your career? Did you keep anything from your career that that, that you have on display anywhere? Well, you know, initially I really didn't do any of that because I was really wasn't into it. Okay. And I finally uh, met a guy when I. Uh, made a move to Chicago who suggested that I probably should exchange bats 
one of my contemporaries, mm-hmm. uh, for my son. Sure. Uh, said this is something that, you know, he may grow up to really, really enjoy and appreciate one day. And the thought kind of occurred to me, okay. Uh, so that's what I started doing. I, I wasn't really into the baseballs, but I just uh, would sign a bat, autograph a bat, and mm-hmm. swap it with, you know, one of uh, the players who, if they weren't my teammate, was one of my peers. Okay. And then I started collecting baseball cards, uh, or rookie cards. Okay. Rookie Hall of Famers, or potential Hall of Famers. They got to be a little bit too expensive. <laughs> But that's, that's pretty much the extent of, you know, my collecting. I never really kept a lot of jerseys or uniforms or anything like that. Okay. Let's talk about your nicknames, Austin Dawson and Hawk. How did you, how did you get those? Hawk uh-huh. was from early childhood. Okay. I probably was about eight, nine years old. That was given to me by one of my uncles. And Austin Dawson was tagged by Chris Spire. Uh, every time I do something that was positive, I had positive results out on the field. Uh, that's how he would address me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's great. All right, we're going to wrap this up with one last question. Every time I have a major leaguer in front of me, I love to ask this, especially a guy who uh, is dominant and at the plate as you were. Who was the toughest pitcher you ever faced? Oh, my God. There's a bunch of those. <laughs> when you're short, then they're all tough. And then when you see the ball real well, you know, uh, you kind of make the adjustment to whoever's out there. But if I had to label one guy in particular, initially, it probably was Bruce Suda. Okay. Bruce Suda introduced uh, football right into baseball. And you didn't really see him a lot, but, you know, when he came in the game, it was usually uh, lights out, uh, pretty tough. At bat, sure. Anyway, and then there was John Smokes. John Smokes came up with a split finger. He pitched both sides of the plate, very smart, and uh, he'd keep you out front, have you to roll over on that slider just off the plate, short, short stop. So it was kind of like a, a cat and mouse game when it came to guys like that because you really tried, had to really try to outthink him. Sure. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, give give Andre a big round of applause. Thanks for joining us, sir. We really appreciate it. You signing over there? I'll be somewhere. It's all right. You guys go catch him over there. Get Andre Dawson autograph. Mind if I get a picture with you? This is Lisa from Never Enough Cards and Evolution Sports Marketing. I'm here with the Fat Pack guys, and this is Beckett Radio. Up next here on the Fat Packs podcast is our final interview from the spring um, from the fall expo and we're going to end it much the way we did at the national with the hottest tag team in professional wrestling harrison wright that's right still gum and long fly ball what's up guys hey we're like, the, going? we're like the stadler and waldorf of this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are. Yes. if we had a balcony you know what i've been looking for new ideas for fat pack shirts <laughs> i'm gonna do a, a stadler and waldorf waldorf harris and wright nice on a balcony that says fat packs and do we get like a cut of that i would we have to, we actually have to sell them so yeah well, <laughs> that okay. was good as yeah. you guys don't sell your t-shirts just give them away we, we have a website where we sell t-shirts yeah but um and right now uh plug ola where every t-shirt everything on your on on the site is 50 percent off 
if you use Fat Packs 50 at checkout. Well, there you go. And you can go get yourself a mug with my mug on it. You can go get yourself a, a beach towel because no one, who doesn't want to wipe? Has it got your face on it? It does. Yeah. That is really? one huge beach towel. That's a big That's beach gotta towel. Be, yeah. So you get the t-shirt that I'm wearing, but now we need a, a Stather and Waldorf shirt. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Wright. Harrison yeah. Wright. And uh, not going to get sued by the Muppet people. And uh, no. we'll go from well, there. Well, it's fair use. Is parody. it fair? Oh, okay. Parody. Yeah. I got you. I got you. All right, guys. Uh, you walking around the show floor. What'd you find? Uh, not much. Not much. Uh oh. I mean, if you've never been to this to the Toronto Expo, it's ninety percent hockey. Right. And I'm a baseball guy, and there's you not much say. baseball there, but. Yeah. And just for the hockey time, we should say it's ninety nine percent hockey. I, th- I like to say it's 98% hockey because the other 2% is like non-sports and comic books and stuff like that. Yeah, and don't true. forget the meat guy too. Yeah, meat. Oh god, that's so it's actually like 97% yeah, hockey. Yeah. Then. And they, they actually they got some new vendors here I noticed here. They got some guy pressing t-shirts. Did you see the Wu shirt, the Ric Flair shirt? Yeah. I thought about it. Did you? I, th- I thought they don't have fat, like they don't have the fat sizes, so I can't go get one. Couldn't you just get two and sew them together? I don't know. If I don't know if they have enough time to do that. <laughs> they don't have tailors down in Texas. Uh, and the, well, like I want to wear it here at the show. Oh, you want to wear it? Here. I can't well, just, just duct tape it then. <laughs> just duct tape. Just run out to like Canadian Walmart and <laughs> get like the big size T-shirts. And is Red Green running around here somewhere? Yeah. Can we get him to duct tape it up? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you could bring him in. You know how deep that Red Green joke is. That only me and you got that. <laughs> Oh, I love sitting down with you guys every time. I love that uh, on Saturday when you got here, it took us all 37 seconds to get into uh, uh, something to wrestle with, uh, impersonations. and Absolutely. Well, you know. You know. You know. <laughs> and then we, we took a, a nice little jaunt, the coldest walk I've ever had in my life, over to the, the new... Uh, yeah, they built a little, 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 uh, little food area yeah. out here. It's actually... Strip there's, mall. There's something here now. If you want to eat, you don't have to just... You know, stick out with uh, whatever Convention whatever they call uh, pizza here. But I'm uh, not sure that can be actually categorized. But as no, pizza. they built a nice new strip mall. It's got like five or six different options. There's an A and W over there now. There's a Popeyes. Had Popeyes. And one of those build your own pizza. Mm-hmm. They cook it for 90 second joints. Mm. That's kind of like a pie yeah. Five. We, were, we were lamenting yeah. that uh, they stole Kramer's idea, and they now have a uh, they have a make your own pizza restaurant. Kramer's idea. So hey, this is a topic in the office. Chris, are you are you a Seinfeld guy? Yeah. yeah. So this is the topic in the office that we we have fairly recently is a Seinfeld set. We want to see a Seinfeld set, and uh, just recently our our non-sport guy went through the list and. There's probably 150 to 300 autographs that they could have from just guest stars on the show uh, in, the, in the set. Uh, of course, you would never get Jerry to sign unless you, you know, gave him the proper amount of money. <laughs> but I'm sure you could probably get. You think so? Maybe. I, I, think, I think if they get the other three core. Sure. If they get uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus mm-hmm. and uh, what's-his-face. God, now I forget. The Jason, name. Alexander. Jason Alexander. Jason yeah. Alexander. Yeah. But he had now has your non-sport guy who you know should be properly recognized mm-hmm. as uh, Matt Bible, fellow Canadian. He's not a Canadian. What's that? He's not a Canadian. No. Matt. Matt's oh, not Canadian. No, Matt's not a Canadian. No. No. Matt is. Matt is an Ohioan. Well, that's close enough. It's close enough. All right, he's a Canadian. Close enough, Canada. <laughs> it's close enough. But I would I would wonder how easy it would be to call from other sets. A Seinfeld set. 
Because I know Jason mm-hmm. Alexander has been in other sets. Right. I know Julie Louis Dreyfus has been in other sets. Sure. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys and girls from that show who have been on other sets. Um, so yeah, actually he's put together a list like that, and it, he's working on an article that's going to be coming out soon. But um, an actual Seinfeld set, you know, Seinfeld sanctioned yeah, trading card, exactly. Yeah, sure, sure. That's something I I would love love to see. Last time you guys were on the show, we were talking about uh, you know independent wrestling sets, and but a Seinfeld set, sanctioned Seinfeld set would be great. And, and just think about how, about the relics that you can put in that set, mm-hmm. like a Soup piece ladles. of the puffy shirt, yes. yes, or a piece of the air conditioner that that Kramer carried through, <laughs> yes. the, through the garage. Yes, you could do full size ones. You could have a Phil Rizzuto keychain. Yes, <laughs> you could have a Jay Buhner baseball card in it. You could have in a it. Jay yeah, baseball you can card. have Jay Buhner in it. You too. could have Jay Buhner in it. That would be so. and Keith Hernandez. Yeah, I'm Keith Hernandez. Hey, I was MVP to the right. '79. Right. Back into the right. Back to the right. right. So it would, it would be a great set that I, th- I just think that needs to be done. Uh, Cryptozoic, Bragent, Rittenhouse, somebody. You know what we should you know. do? We should put it together ourselves. We should. We could come up with the ideas. Yeah. Newman's right. mailbag. Then we're gonna edit all this out so no one else hears it. No, we, no, you have to have a record of it. Oh, okay. Because now if it shows up, it was our idea. All right, patent pending. <laughs> exactly. We can get Jackie Charles to represent us. Yes. <laughs> uh, we can be close talkers too. This is really deep references for like only people who watch the show are gonna get. So I'm sorry that that all happened, but it's great, and I'm not. I'm really not sorry for it. Hey, Chris, you went to you went to London recently. How was that? Oh, it was great. I, um, w- w- I'm from uh, South Jersey originally, and mm-hmm. uh, our families had Eagles tickets in our family since the 70s and about seven or eight years ago my dad and and uh his brother kind of made a vow that if the eagles were ever chosen to play a game in london okay we would all go as a family and make it like a week vacation a big thing okay so it was my first time in london it's pretty neat i mean i did a lot of the touristy things of course you have to yeah you have to go and see like Westminster Abbey, yeah. the Tower of London. I, I did all those things when I was there. Um, I, I stood out in front of that 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 palace as long as I could, the castle, whatever it is, just trying to get a glimpse. And those guys, those guys are like this Stonewall Jackson. They don't move. They don't move. Yeah, they don't move. And, and if you try to make them move, you get arrested. You so will. Yeah. it's uh, but that area right there is, is so beautiful. And then, then there's so much history around the city. But you, you caught a, a English Premier game while you were there. How was that? Yeah, uh, I went and saw Fulham, which is kind of like my other team. My, my main team that I, cho- that I support uh-huh. is Everton. Okay. And uh, I actually went up to Liverpool just to uh, go around their stadium and All right. see that and get some swag. And uh, <laughs> uh, they, they actually weren't at home that week while I was there. So uh, hmm. I took in a Fulham. They're they're another team that has a a big following among Americans. Okay. Because they were one of the first English teams to take, to sign a bunch of American players. All right. Um, They were really good about 10 years ago when they had guys like Clint Dempsey and Mm. Carlos Bocanegra, but... Clinton Dipsy, uh, who has a rap album out that you can buy. who had a rap (laughs) album out. From Natchitoches, Texas. Yeah. (laughs) But... uh, I say about five years ago they got relegated. Okay. 
and they're back up to the Premier League this right. year, and it looks like they're going right back down. Oh, they no. Not good. Oh, no. David, would you ever take a trip to London to see a Premier game? I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. It's, it, it's, it's one of those things where, like, it's, it's big enough. To, you know, it's big enough that it, it should be done. It should be one of those things that you do. Sure. We, you know, and if you have the opportunity, why? Like, absolutely, why not? I think I would do it too. We we are fortunate enough in the Dallas Fort Worth area to have Jerry's World there, so they're always flying in teams for friendlies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. We can see those easily, but I think going to experience it in its natural habitat, it's if you will, it, it's a little sure. different, right? Yeah. So, well, you were you were saying too that you mentioned your your tickets where you sat were kind of for the neutral fans. Yeah. And so they still, because of hooliganism from the 70s and dating 80s. Dating back from the 70s they, and They 80s. still segregate the fans. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and the thing is, is that away tr- support travel is still more of a thing because it's such a compact country. Of course. England's the size of Pennsylvania, and you have mm-hmm. 20 teams. Mm-hmm. It's If you're a dedicated enough fan, you can watch not just all your home oh, teams. Yeah, and your away games. games possible to go to every single game I a year. I so they have designated away supporters sections. Okay, makes sense. So makes sense. But, but the thing is, is that I, I bought a ticket in the neutral fans section. Did you know was, it was the neutral fan section? Well, that was all that was left. Oh, okay. But the thing is, is that if you buy a visiting team or a neutral section, you can't like roam around the stadium. Mm. Which now can the I guess the home team can't come over to that no, side either. So. No. Because of hooliganism. Because they don't want anybody fighting. Yeah, they don't want fans. I mean, hooliganism I mean, really isn't as bad as it was during, like, the 80s. Sure. But still. Well, it wasn't that long ago either. Though. That wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you guys are hanging out here uh, for the rest of the day. Uh, but you're going to go check out the Ring of Honor show tonight, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. the Ring of Honor running, in uh, New Japan. The It is the final night of the Global Wars Tour. Is Jericho on the ticket? No. no, no, I don't want to go then. <laughs> but this no, is cool. and they just had uh, they just had some bad news because uh, it was supposed to be a uh, Cody Rhodes yeah. versus uh, Beretta, Trent Beretta. What happened? Did Cody get hurt? Yeah, Cody hurt himself uh, throwing T-shirts. Did he really? Yeah. Yep. He felt something snap in his knee. Uh oh. That sucks. Now yes, I'm glad I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. Uh, so we'll find out tonight who's uh, who's going to replace him. It's going to be Jericho. Surprise, Jericho. Surprise. Hey, you never maybe. know. Kenny Omega, maybe. Kenny Omega has autographs and Leaf. This, uh, yes, he does. That's yes, he does. awesome. Yeah. I yeah. want one. Are they, they going to be like $900? <laughs> they could be, yeah. right? I mean, they'll, they'll, did I'm didn't sh- he sign I'm for him last year? Yeah, he sure did. Set with Okada? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he sure did. So, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll, uh, the initial rush will, will be there for people to get them. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure... I'm sure the movement on those will be nice. The, it's it's he's he's building quite a name uh, for himself, regardless of his uh, zero affiliation mm-hmm. with uh, what everyone considers the big brand. But right, which is horrible that's, right that's, now. Yeah, but that's the indicator yeah. of where where independent wrestling lies right now. It's it's a it's a much better managed, much better, much more lucrative business right now than it was 10 years ago absolutely years ago absolutely you can make wwe money without going to the wwe, WWE. did you see this news that uh, jericho and ross are working with a billionaire to 
get get a new organization going. <laughs> I did. That's pretty I heard old. some rumor. Yeah, rumor <laughs> yeah. and innuendo. Heard the rumor and innuendo. We don't deal in rumor and innuendo here. We just we <laughs> go straight to it, right? It'll be interesting to find out who that uh, who that millionaire is, who that billionaire is. What did you think about the uh, the Crown Jewel pay per view? Did you watch it? Didn't watch it. Didn't, didn't watch it. it. I have no interest in watching yeah. it. I think it was a big old crap show. I didn't watch it. I only yeah. heard reviews and, and read reviews. And I mean, they got paid. That's yeah. a, that's what a that's business with that, stakeholders yeah. is for. Yeah, they got they got paid. Uh, how do you feel about uh, um, Cena and uh, Goatface not going over? There? Now you, would, I think they, they good st- for them. That's yeah, fine. I think yeah, I think they still probably going to hurt uh, Daniel Bryan more in his yeah, push. Probably. I, I think, don't think he really even needs a belt anymore. I don't think so either. He's such a, an, he's, he's a modern over. icon, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, like he's he, he. It's not like he needs to build anything. Exactly. Right. I mean, like he's he's achieved his tier. Yeah. I mean, he can he can do whatever. It's it's one of those ones where he's he's in a position now where he can he can he can really do no wrong. Right. 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 Yeah. Speaking of doing no wrong, uh, Shawn Michaels is no longer there in that position, and that bald head of his is not looking good. That, that I know that no. show appearances probably shouldn't be show fodder, but that just just doesn't look good <laughs> at all, <laughs> at all. All right, what are you working on, Chris? I know you're a baseball guy. You work on everything, but what are you really working on? Uh, right now, I'm not really working on anything new. Mostly just killing off my want list from the 90s and 2000s. How big is this thing? You're always working on that want list. Yeah, well... You keep adding to it? I, I mean, keep <laughs> uh, adding, yeah. Go to, go to stalegum.com. It, it, it's and on my website, stalegum.com, broken See, down by year. That's, that's what I was doing. If you want to offer you me a trade... trade. <laughs> You offer Chris a trade through stillgum.com and follow him on, on Twitter at stillgum. Yes, please. And uh, love his rants and, and everything like that. Are you still doing your video series? I haven't done one of those in a while. Oh, okay. They're, they're so good to watch, yeah. though. We were actually we were throwing around ideas. I think the next video, I'm, I'm trying to get Chris to do it, but the next video is going to be Chris opening up Pokemon cards. I think Chris should reopen Goodwin Champions. And, or, was it, or was it Alan? No, it was Goodwin, wasn't it? It was a good one. Which the, one? Your, your rant video. Well, which oh, that one? Was, no, no, that was Gowdy. It was Gowdy, yeah. You should reopen Gowdy. Gowdy. Was that the one where uh, yeah. I opened up a blaster yeah, and it was yeah. four packs? Four packs. There was supposed Gowdy. to be eight, and there was, there was only yeah. four. And I just went off on upper decks, quality yes. control. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah, that was uh, one of the best videos ever. Yeah, no, it was a good video, but yeah, you're right. It was like that was ten years ago. You should you should find. Uh, look, I bet Grizzly has some. You can go down to Grizzly, find you another box of, of Gaudi. I think it was 2008 Gaudi. Is, is what it was. And, yeah, and it'll probably have all the packs in it though. Yeah, <laughs> we could re four we could, extra packs. Four extra packs. <laughs> That's where they went. If, yeah, that would you, be the Sundays to find that blaster that has the four extra packs in it. Packs that would be so awesome. Now, what are you working on, David? Uh, well. Mostly right now I did, um, see the problem with the lag of time between series two, top series two and update. Yeah. I got bored and so I actually did Ginter this year. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm stuck right now trying to, trying to finish Ginter. How many complete sets do you have? Complete sets? Yeah. Oh God. Like if you just had to guess. Uh, if I had to guess. 
I'm probably over 500. Wow. Is that, what about you? About the same. About the same? Yeah. yeah. You guys are dedicated collectors, man. I'm just, that's, I just don't have that in me. Yeah, but it's like, that's, that's what it is. Like, I, know, I know, I know. I, know. I, I don't see it as dedicated because I'm just, I'm just collecting. That's, that's yeah, what I, mean, I do. If, if I buy a box of cards, I want to be able to, to complete the set and get all the inserts. Mm-hmm. I understand. So. Like if, 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 even if I only buy one box of it. Yeah, like if somebody releases a set, in my mind, the point is to buy the set. Right. If, if it's all just about a Shohei Itani 101, mm-hmm. why don't you just release 10,000 boxes with nothing in it and one box with a one of one in it? <laughs> I got you. I understand. If that's, if that's what it's all about, I, you know, that's why my, my, my idea, and I, I seriously hope Tops does this, in the rip cards... I want them to put, I want them to take like 500 rip cards mm-hmm. and just put gum in them. Okay. You open it up, it's just gum. Not a card, not nothing. It's just a, it's gum. It's just gum. Or put right? something like a dollar bill in it. Yeah. Okay. It's like, didn't they do that one year? Or just that awesome picture set. of Johnny Cash. Just, just yeah, flipping everybody that. off. <laughs> yeah. It's tighter than fish. Congratulations, oh. collector. We're here at Tops. <laughs> yeah. See you at the National. <laughs> they could be Suze. Suze could be Suze could be no, the Suze would never be that mean. Suze, no. no. no, no she would no. never be that mean. She's too nice. She is a very nice lady, but yeah. she could just shout out just, to Suze. Just for fun, she no. could re- She wouldn't she, even do it for fun. She's too nice. You don't think so? No, she's no. too nice. Okay. She is a very nice lady. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how she ever got caught up working at a place like that though. What? <laughs> Okay. You're gonna edit that out? No, I don't. I, no one listens. It's fine. It's uh. See now, I can see Clay doing that. Clay could do yeah. it. I could see Clay doing that. Well, he's been doing it for. A... <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Remember that show I used to have called the Fat Packs? <laughs> oh, <laughs> guys are killing me. Now, full, full disclosure: Clay, Clay's a nice guy too. Clay is a very nice guy. It helps when you know people in the industry. You can make those kind of fun jokes. <laughs> And hope that they don't get disgruntled. Anyways, oh what's God. up with Series 1? You buy any Series 1 this year? What's that? Do you buy any Series 1 on the floor? No, no, because no. it's, it's once again, it's, it's, it's being driven by, I get it, I understand why people are chasing the young guns, mm-hmm. but I just it doesn't have the rookie class that the last few years did. Mm-hmm. Upper deck lucked into three good guys that are actually, uh, you know, making this or are riding this thing, but... Mm-hmm. Over the last few years, the the bar's been raised on those boxes, so now they hit they hit the show floor, hundred dollars, hundred and twenty dollars. You got you got to make that back, and so everybody are chasing the three big rookies now. But you know, I'll I'll wait till uh, in the spring. Mm-hmm. I'll wait till till next fall when uh, the wall of wax is up and I can get blasters for fifteen bucks. Okay, right? Don't have don't have to spend thirty dollars at uh, at my local Walmart. Don't have to buy a hundred dollars, hundred dollar box, you know. But uh, they'll, they'll eventually come around. I just, <laughs> I just emptied out uh, yesterday. I took home <laughs> what, like a dozen, like $10 a, a dozen ten dollar blasters really? of uh, what was it? Twelve thirteen, various Opeachy, ten, eleven, eight, nine, and twelve thirteen. So that's I'm working on. Are you patient? And you, you know, will you open Absolutely. them? Absolutely, you have to be in this. You have to be. Oh no 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 no! Are you patient when like? 
Are you just going to go home and rip them up, or did you go back to the hotel and rip them up? Or no, you just... no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll rip them up at home. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, Friday night, you know, yeah. grab beer, six of those, rip them up, see what I got. I don't think I could be that patient. Well, you can't just rip them and leave them on the table. You, I've done that. You've got to clean up after yourself. You've got to put them away. You've got to yeah. file them. Okay. So that makes that's sense. Why, that's why you've got to... It's you get you got to set it up. You got to have your blasters. You got to have your want list. You got to have everything where it goes. Your binders, your pages, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you get it all done. That way you don't leave a mess on the table because it, you can fill that table super duper quick and then you're stuck. So on your in your pages, do you leave, do you leave blank spots where the card goes? Oh yeah, yeah. I tried to teach my son that he didn't understand that concept because somebody gifted him a bunch of cards, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm happy because he's really finally getting into collecting. Yep. And he, he thought what he should do was just put everything in the pages and have the whole page open. Sure. And I'm not How old like, your son? He's eight. Eight? He's eight. Nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Ab- Let him put the cards where he wants. But I'm, I, I'm he also... He can become obsessive-compulsive later in life. Later in life? I shouldn't ruin it. I just let him, let him no, do it. No, just let him do it now. Uh, let him get it out of his system now. <laughs> Maybe that's what my problem was, is I was watching it being obsessive-compulsive. And uh, I was like, I was like, buddy... You get you got to leave a blank spot for that because you don't have card number sixty-seven. I was sixty-seven. You yeah. don't have card sixty-seven. You got sixty-six and sixty-eight. So you need to put a blank spot right here. He's like, no, I just want to. I want to do that. I'm like, it was driving me mad. You know who I have? <laughs> I have a super appreciation for is uh, fellow collector card junk, where he does yeah, yeah. his Frankenstein Ginter set. Right. And he just he'll build a set. He he does it number order, but he decides what card from what year. Like, card number seven could be a card from 2008. Nice. Could be a card from 2016. He decides what goes into a set. I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate that kind of collection. Uh, what a great show that is. How All does right. that work if you have a set where instead of using numbers, they use the player's initials? Oh, I hate that. That's only done by people that hate you. Yeah, which is like... Mm. We, 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 know, we know who that is. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, Tom. But, yeah, they... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I'm they. Serious. I don't How know why they hate that? collectors like that. Don't use letters. Use, use numbers. Them. Numbers only, right? Right. Numbers There's only. a reason why the Romans didn't use letters. They use numbers. <laughs> They'll be here all week. Folks. All week, folks. <laughs> all right, I got to wrap this up. I got to put this stuff away. So uh, you got to heavily edit. I'm, I, yes, yeah. you got some editing to do. Editing. Uh, I don't know. You'll have some apologies to make. I think I'm just gonna leave it in uh, and see what happens. You'll have some <laughs> some fleshy to kiss mm-hmm. after you uh, after you uh, publish this. You'll you'll have some phone calls to make to apologize and warn some people. Yeah, but uh, no, it's and you know and once again, as always, it's awesome having you guys up here, having back it up here, but having you up here. Yeah, me specifically. Telling everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charles is okay. Yeah. Andy's okay, but. Uh, no, having you guys up here just to just to bring to everybody, yeah, you know what's going on here. This is because it is it's it's all about if somebody's never come to this show before, mm-hmm. just try one. Just just come try on the, a Sunday. Try the try the fall one. Try it on a Saturday. Try it on a Sunday. But just come check it out, and I guarantee you there's going to be something that you want to do because yeah. there's something you find, something you can add to your collection because. That's what going to these shows is all about. It's just adding to your collection and just and just enjoying it. Absolutely, it's um, this is I I said it earlier on a, on another interview. This is my this is my favorite show to come to every year, and um, where collecting has become about, or these shows have become about making having relationships with, with like guys like you and 
you know, other guys, David walking around, or you know, Ken Reed, who's and I know Ken Reed isn't a big name in, in America, but Ken Reed is a superstar here here in Canada, and just to have him come over and sit down and and talk collecting with you and and be completely genuine about it too, you know, it's, sure. there's no there's no facade there at all. Nope. Uh, this show is I, I love it because I don't get that at the national. You know, the, the national's so big and people are so busy and sure. uh, you know people are running around and everything. I love having genuine conversations with, with guys like you guys and, and just building those relationships. I've been coming here for four years now. And um, I I see the same four I see the same four or five people every year that I want to see, mm-hmm. but we have we have great twenty minute thirty minute hour long conversations, and uh, it sustains me for six months, and I got to come back. <laughs> <laughs> so it's awesome. I love closing these shows with you, uh, with both of you, uh, Chris and David. This is uh, this is fun. I, I mentioned that I want to do a, a once a month segment with you, but we got to figure out some scheduling on my part and Mr. Wright's part. So yeah, time zones then, suck. Time yeah. zones suck. Maybe we can make it happen. Uh, in the future but right now that's going to be it for the hottest tag team in professional wrestling Harrison Wright what do you, what do you, we got to give you guys a name leave that up to all the listeners leave they can come up, up with names leave it up to the come up with a prize there you go. Or a prize for the, the best the best, best name yeah. we got I, I was seeing you both wear glasses I was thinking something with a glass uh, like shattered glass oh that's a uh, gold dust Shattered gold, yeah. Shattered, shattered dreams, shattered, shattered dreams. dreams. Right, right. Yeah, got to come up with something. I miss gold dust. Yeah, I missed gold dust. Yeah, we were talking about. Cody I don't think Dustin Runnels misses gold dust. I don't think so either. We were talking about Cody though earlier, and uh, I love his tattoo right over his heart. It says American Dream. dream. It says yeah. Dreams. Is that what it said. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that he's called the American Nightmare. That is so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Awesome. All right, we're going to wrap it up, guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. Uh, that's going to be it from the show floor. Until next week, just keep listening. Hi, Cue the drink. Cue the drink. Lactic Podcast. You are listening to Beckett Radio. And, hey, make sure you've got fat packs for everybody. All right, guys, back-to-back-to-back to back to back interviews there. I uh, love going to the Fall Expo every year. It is one of my favorite trips to make, and I love all those interviews that I did. Dave Schultz, who will flat-out kick your butt on the ice. A powerhouse. A powerhouse. A powerhouse. Um. Andre Dawson was amazing to, to like the, the the way that interview worked was um Were you intimidated? No, no, I wasn't no? intimidated. Uh but I was completely unprepared for it. Like really? I, yeah, like I wasn't supposed to be interviewing him. There oh. was somebody else that was supposed to be interviewing him. I think he told me this story. And like I they came and ran and grabbed me from the food court because imagine that oh, Eric yeah, was in the yeah, food yeah. court and they said, huh. You you gotta get to the main stage to interview Andre Dawson right now. I'm like but I want a soda. <laughs> they did kind of just throw yeah, that on you. They sure did. But I, but I got over there and um, we we did that interview and it was great. Andre looked when he like he looked he hit forty nine home runs the year he won MVP. He looked like he could still hit twenty five. Yeah. Wow. He 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 looked like he could still hit twenty five without problem. He? He's ish like mid fifties, early sixties, probably. That's crazy. Yeah, he, oh. he looked amazing. And cool. then we find, we we wrap up with uh with Chris and David. Always love having those guys on. Great interviews, man. I love him. I Some love him so interviews. much. Thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna get you out to a show pretty soon. We're gonna want to make that happen. I'd love that. All right, let's talk about Thanksgiving. Yeah, because it is Thanksgiving. Well, so okay, what's your favorite holiday? Between it's Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is Christmas because I just I just love the sense of. Uh, the sense of family, yeah, and, home and all that and the stuff. coziness, yeah, yeah. And, and no. Thanksgiving is right there with that, but um, always the runner-up. It's always the runner-up right. to uh, you know just 
especially now that I have kids, it's getting getting. There's so I get so much more joy out of watching them receive gifts oh, and, yeah, and the way that you know, I get so much more joy out of that than Christmas uh, is also like a uh, it's a holiday that lends itself to the six months prior because mm-hmm. I don't know about you but like you listen to people in your life that you are close to and that you love and sure. you want to make sure that they have good gifts for Christmas so right. if you're smart about it you'll listen to what your wife yeah. is saying yeah. six months or five months prior, and you jot it down a little bit so you make sure that they get that. Now, how are you as a gift giver? Dude, I'm one of the best gift givers on planet Earth. <laughs> He's not modest. Uh, <laughs> I really am. I've never had, because I listen, man. Like, yeah. I think about it. Whenever someone, like my mom or my dad, is like, I really want this. Like, my dad once told me he wanted this, like, particular watch. It was mm-hmm. in, it was like a uh, like an Axis, whatever it was. The Flow X. Okay, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> and, he was, and he told me about it, like, December 28th. Oh, no. And then l- one year later, I got on that watch. Okay. Because I jot it down, man. If I hear somebody like, yeah, I really want that, I make sure they don't get it later, uh-huh. and then I get it to- I get it for them. Okay. I so really, I pay attention. I really want $1,000. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, one day kidding. I'll get you $1,000. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I listen. And like, You're a good gift giver? Yeah. My wife tells That's me awesome. all the time that she, I'm, the, I'm the hardest person to shop for. Because of like she feels like it's a contest. Are you? She, I'm like, baby, it's not a contest. I just I like I listen. I pay attention to what you're saying, and that's that's what I get. You know. So like, are you more like on the sentimental side of gift receiving, or are you more on like the material? Like, what I mean by that is like, yeah, to make me happy for Christmas, just buy me like a video game, yeah, and maybe like a new pair of like headphones. Like, I'm pretty like techie about it. Sure, I'm always happy with if, as long as it's that. Okay, but to be honest, if it's like I don't know, like. Cookies, I'm just like, yeah. cool. <laughs> um, I'm, in that sense, it's... Uh, do you like new stuff or do you like sentimentality? I guess for your kids, though, it would probably be sen- sentimentality. Yeah, I just want, like, I just, I want to get, I want to receive gifts the same way I, I, I give them. Mm-hmm. I want you to it, put thought into it. And I say okay. that, I say that because this is one of the worst Christmases ever. And I know we're supposed to be talking about Thanksgiving, but okay. one of the worst Christmases ever. I got a neon green <laughs> Texas shirt. And a Larry the Cable Guy DVD from my grandmother. She gave me both these things on the same Christmas. That's a rough one, man. And I was like, "You don't, you don't know anything about me." <laughs> it's like I was, I was heartbroken. I was. Uh, are, were you offended at the Larry the Cable Guy thing? More than the shirt, yes. A little bit, <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Do you like him? No, he's horrible. He's not funny. <laughs> he's not at all. That sucks, man. I'm sorry. Get her done is the yak, the waka 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 of, of, of comedy. It's, uh, it's the DDD of comedy. Yeah. As Carlos Mencia go, yeah. go away. Please, glad you're gone. Yeah, there you go. You know? Yeah. So anyways, uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Here we are today, Thanksgiving. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Yep. Uh, having fun. We had a great Thanksgiving meal here uh, this the week. The turkey episode. And, uh, but I want to power rank our top five. I got it. Our top five. So. I know mine. So we'll start number five like we sure. always do. What my, do you got? My number five through number one is stuffing. Stuffing? I'm kidding. Stuffing is my number five. Okay. I like stuffing. Okay. Like more than turkey. I, I, I can dig it. I don't know why. I can dig it. I just it. do. It's just the, the the texture, the consistency, the taste. And it goes really well with gravy. It's the yeah. universal superfood. It is. I love <laughs> it. Um, stuffing is higher on my list than number five. Okay. What's your okay. number five? Uh, mashed potatoes. Okay. And it's just because they're so common. You, you, I love mashed potatoes anytime I can get them. Yeah. So because I can have them on like any meal, really. The, they really <laughs> do kind of go with anything. Yeah. They, so they go with any poultry. Yeah. Like, period. Yeah. Now, you're not going to see mashed potatoes on my list at all. Okay. All right. So, number five, mashed potatoes, you got stuffing. Uh, Yeah. My number four, um, can I say gravy? 
I mean, I guess you want if you want. But to. I guess it's kind of gross to just kind of like scoop up gravy and like a spoon. Oh, you and do eat that it. before. I've you done that. No done, shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to say gravy, you got yeah. I, number, I, I think gravy is my number four because it goes on everything. Okay. Except like pumpkin pie. Don't put gravy on pumpkin pie. That's weird. Yeah. Anyway, pump, pumpkin pie is just an abomination. Anyways, uh, <gasps> what? Yeah, you heard me. What I said. What um, are you talking about? I don't like pumpkin pie. Uh, all right. So number five for me, <laughs> and this is a pretty common thing. Okay. Green bean casserole. That's like, but we only get it at Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? That's the only time we. That's really, really make about it. it. Yeah, except but for my wife. My wife makes it all the time, but I'm just. I've only had green bean casserole on Thanksgiving my entire life. Never okay. outside of that. It's just like a homely type of thing that kind of goes with the holiday. Certainly. Uh, my number three is small bread. Small bread. What is small bread? Um, like rolls. Yeah, rolls, cornbread. What kind of Bosnian stuff are you pulling on me here? Small bread. Like like we had the rolls yesterday. I've never heard it called small bread. You never heard it called small bread? Small bread. Look at my phone. Small bread. It's just small bread. Okay, I get I get that, but that's weird. What I just need to be more all right. Small bread. <laughs> Side bread. Nope. Side bread. No, that doesn't sound uh, right. I want you doesn't sound right. Yeah, it doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> all right. Small bread. bread is your number three. Yeah. Uh, number three for me. I'm gonna go turkey because there's uh, it's too yeah it's too um, like you got it, like you could, like it'd, it'd be kind of weird if neither of us had turkey on our yeah top but five. but it could go either way right turkey could be really great uh-huh. and then it could be really bad so I never had it really bad oh, oh you know what I guess if it's like super dry yeah you're just that's not like, good never that's mind. where you need the I'm gravy good. so uh, I'm going turkey at number three okay <laughs> oh man uh, okay well whatever. Um, pumpkin pie is my number two. Okay, I love pumpkin. Pie. I'm gonna I'm gonna counter your pumpkin with a sweet potato pie, but also great. Also great. Also great. Yeah. There's not really, and I love that Thanksgiving has that like the pie tradition. Yeah, because like there's no pie in Halloween. Obviously, it'd be weird Halloween pie. Whatever. <laughs> there's no pie on Christmas, is there? Yeah, of course there's pie. On is there? Yeah. Like you like synonymous pie with Christmas? Yeah, figgy pudding. Jesus pie. Jesus pie. <laughs> Okay, what's your number? No, number I'm, you're at number one. I'm at number one. Yeah. Wait, what's your number two? I'm sorry. Sweet potato pie. Okay, okay, you counted it right. Um, my number one, probably that chicken. What? Yeah, like chicken. Yeah, no, it's the who um, has chicken on no, Thanksgiving? No, what was it? No, I'm sorry. No, I'm stupid. Not chicken. Ham. That's a completely different animal. <laughs> What are you talking about? No, we had it yesterday. What is it? And the always, ham that I we always had, eat it. We had turkey and the ham. white, the white meat. But yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't turkey. Yeah, it was turkey. That was turkey. Yes. Oh well, no! What I had cu- something over there that wasn't turkey. It was turkey and ham yesterday. Then it was ham. Okay. And then it was ham. Because the turkey's this, always too dry. This is the weirdest conversation about Thanksgiving food I've ever had. Well, no, <laughs> the, the 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 first four were fine. Okay. It was small bread. <laughs> You're so weird, Eldon. You like having me on. Uh, all right. So you went ham. Can I guess your number one? Yeah, if you want to try. Souffle. No, I'm just kidding. Souffle. Obviously not, but hey, you can't diss the souffle. Number one for you. Um, it's it's obvious. I've, you've already said it, and I told you it was higher on my list. What is it? Stuffing. Oh, that's right. Okay. Stuffing is my number one, and much, I, I don't want all the gravy on it too. I want every ounce of gravy. Oh, really? That you could put on my stuffing. I want it all. Okay. How many plates did you have yesterday? Two. I had two as well. Okay. Yeah, I had Got two, it. and then I had a piece of pie. That was really nice of him to do that. I like that. That was really cool. Yeah. It, was, it was cool. Kind of a weird, uh, can I say this, movie choice? No, well, Christmas Kill. I I wanted them to go with planes, trains, and automobiles, but... Uh, I think they should have gone with A Christmas Story. A Christmas Story? Christmas Story. Christmas... Oh, with... No, that's a Christmas Eve thing. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, you might season. be right. You might be right. All right, so uh, let's wrap this up with some collectible stuff before we get out of here. What you got? Uh, Adrian Beltre retired yesterday. The Texas Ranger. You just Texas Ranger, yeah. third baseman. Hands down, the best third baseman I've ever seen play baseball. Okay, and he came from here. And he, well, he, well, he, he, so he retired you said, here. You said he went from you went he went Dodgers, Red Sox, Mariners, Mariners Rangers, Rangers. Okay, and Red Sox and Mariners might be backwards, but okay, yeah, okay. He, absolutely the, the one of the best. Third base. He's the best third baseman in the last twenty years. Say so retired at forty one. He's forty, forty one, something like he's, that. He's yeah. all, I think he's almost forty. Okay. Um, Notable accomplishments include. What do you think? He he is the all time leading hit hit. He's the all time hit leader for Dominican or for uh, Spanish born players. Okay, cool. Um, he's just an amazing. I, mean, I saw this man hit a hit a home run from a knee. He dropped to one knee and hit a home run. It's an epic pose, dude. He was an amazing, amazing collector. I'm a baseball, uh, baseball player, player yeah. but what I, I said collector because of what, what I wanted what does this to stuff say, go for. It, it's pretty. It, that's the thing, though. It's pretty common. Like, you oh, really? You're not paying bukus, bukus of money for, for it, stuff. But he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. So now that he's retired, how do you think his collectible value will I go think up it'll go over up. time? Yeah. I think it'll go up. I think so because he's he's such a he was such a good player and he's a fan favorite. Man, he played the game the right way. And the thing is about him is he didn't. He didn't like piddle part piddle fart his way into retirement. Like he was a solid everyday player into his retirement. Okay. Then I mean, he got he got hurt the last few seasons. His hammies his hammies wouldn't hold up. But specifically the last month of this last baseball season, he was raking, man. Yeah. And like he could he could probably go on and play another season somewhere else as a DH if he wanted to. Any World Series? Uh... No World Series. He got to the World Series twice. Okay. Uh, didn't didn't win a ring. I think he's the best player here in the Dallas Fort Worth area that's never never won a championship. Just never got there. Okay, that's yeah. fine. But um, man, he was he was such a great. So what I wanted to ask uh, our listeners. You ever come into contact with him? Oh yeah, I've seen, Did you? I've seen him all the time because oh, okay. um, when when I worked for the Mariners, you know they. The Rangers play the Mariners uh, like thirty games a year or something yeah, like yeah. that. So, so um, it's not thirty, but it's it's a it's a number. Um, so you saw him floating around. Yeah, him and Felix Hernandez, who pitches for the Mariners, are best friends. So uh, okay, cool. Um, I'd, I'd see him often in the clubhouse uh, there, and then when, every time we go to the games here, he's a he's a fan favorite, and he's cool. not not fully totally accessible, but he's accessible. Right. So he's a it's gonna he's gonna be missed. He's gonna be missed. We will but miss him. I uh, wanted to ask collectors though to please share your Adrian Beltake collectibles. Yeah, get on get on Twitter at yeah. uh, Packs Podcast. Um, share any sort of like collectibles you have, yep. any sort of experiences, stories. Right. Who are you gunning for? Yeah, exactly. Um, also, before we get out of here, Black Cell Friday, a uh, Black Friday sale. Oh my god! On our shirt, on our shirts and gear, BeckettGear.com, fifty percent off. If you go to BeckettGear.com, use promo code FATPACKS50. You can get anything you want. Uh, Eldar, we were working on your shirt. Okay, I was going to say, like, can I buy mine? Not yet. Ah. You, you can. I had, I created it, Okay, but the, the file was too small, so you had to resend Did it. Did you get them. my... I got the new oh, one, okay, so cool. I got to get good, it good, up. Good. Uh, Captain Eldar is coming at you pretty soon. Sweet. And <laughs> that's that, man. It's Thanksgiving. I want to go home and have... Uh, I need some turkey. Got four turkey, days yeah. off. It's yeah, going to be all that sweet. Stuff. You can catch me on the flip side. Okay. Is that weird? Catch you, me on the flip side. What is your, what is your personal Twitter? Do you, do you like giving that out? Yeah, it's it's uh, Eric Norton three sixteen. Cool. Mine's Eldar Talks. Um, and this was episode three hundred six. Mm-hmm. Take it from here. Take it from here. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, thanks for hanging out. And until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Drake. <laughs>